I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in, episode 156 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty fantasy football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz, some say. You can catch me over on Twitter at FFEvanLution, you can follow the show at Dynasty Debates, or you can drop me an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. Many ways to get in touch, get involved, let me know what you love, what you hate, what you want to hear more of on the show. Guys, this is part two, the much-awaited, much-anticipated part two of my epic conversation with Russ Fisher, aka Dynasty Schmidt, aka the director of Dynasty Deals, aka at Dynasty Outhouse over on Twitter. Go give him a follow. He's an awesome dude. Um, he just loves trading. He is host of the Trade Addicts podcast. He's the director of the DLF podcast network. He knows his stuff. He's an awesome guy. So last week um, on Thursday, we dropped an episode that was just us talking about the coaching character the GMs and the head coaches that have moved and changed and chopped and changed. Um, this is being recorded the day after the Super Bowl. So the intro here is being recorded the day after the Super Bowl. I'm really tired because over here in Belfast, Northern Ireland, I had to stay up till about 3.30, quarter to four in the morning to watch the game. What a game, though. Great game. Really enjoyed it. This is part two. It's awesome. It's all about dynasty trading. So get your pencils or your pens or your notepad out and take some notes because I think you probably will learn something. Let's make a deal. Sold your weight. So I have had a good think about this. I am excited about this because you know what? I, I think we've all heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Man, man's needs starts with basic things like food and shelter and you move up and you move up into like, you know, ultimate, like just self-awareness, transcendency and everything like that. So we're going to talk about Russ's hierarchy of trades here. So we're going to get, we're going to get some philosophical insight into kind of building, building your teams, how to do it, how not to do it. And I think the best way because I could just throw the floor over to Russ and say, hey, you know, just talk trades, but that probably puts him on the spot and um, and that's not much fun. So what I'm doing is I've kind of sat and thought through five or six, seven questions that I think maybe newer dynasty managers or maybe even existing dy dynasty managers who just maybe want to get better at trading might think about things that, you know, might be problems or issues that you come across or things that you're not confident in. Because honestly, my personal opinion um, you know, I play in several dynasty leagues, nowhere near as many as Russ, nowhere near as many as some of you degenerates out there. But I do play in a lot of leagues and I've noticed that a lot of dynasty managers really aren't that good at trading. Like they really just aren't. They don't do a lot of it or they'll do like one trade, do very badly in it and then just not trade again for another year or something. And it's, it's like one of those things that it is a skill. It's like playing a, an instrument. It's like working out. It's like you get better at it the more you do it, um, the more things you try. So what we want to do is I'm going to put Russ in the hot seat here and I'm just going to basically fire some really just tough, tough questions. Are you up for that, Russ? Oh, let, me, hold on. Let, me, let me tighten my tie and get ready for this. Yes, get your best Donald Trump impersonation ready um, for these crazy questions. So it's, it's going to be like Schmidt answering dynasty questions. So I'm going to start out with what I think is a pretty hardball question. It is something that 
I have struggled with at times in myself. Um, if you're in a league, right? So let me set the scene. If you're in a league that is tough league to deal in, so maybe they're really smart people and they have a really good idea of values, or maybe they're just really stingy and they don't want to trade. Would you ever take less than you believe a player is worth just to get some deals done? Nothing sparks more action than 10 other people screaming, I would have paid more. Yeah, I, I have 1000% as, especially as a commissioner, when you realize that, oh man, there hasn't been a trade in like weeks. And I'm talking like weeks where you should be saying it as months, you know, it's been 16 weeks. No, dude, it's been four months. You know, like I have absolutely made, I wouldn't call them crappy trades, but definitely like one of those where it would have been like, throw a second and a third on top and deal. But I would have just been like, no, that's fine. Let's do it. And you'll get one or two people that are just like, ooh, a trade was done. I want to make a trade. And then you'll get a bunch more people like, why would you sell them for that little? And I'd just be like, you never made me an offer. Go make an offer for them now. Or, you know, if I'm the new guy or go send an offer for that other person. You think that, you know, it's going to cost too much and maybe they're dumb like me. You know, like, and of course, at this point, everyone knows that I do that. So it's not, you know, saying dumb like me doesn't necessarily work anymore. But also just because I trade because it's fun and not for good reasons, but honestly, 1000%. Um, and it's not for the, it's not usually, I should say, for the selfish reason of me wanting to get a trade done. It's usually more of trying to just spark the league. And even if it is just sparking the league in the chat, any activity is activity and activity leads to activity. So getting com people complaining, as long as it's not over something serious or people getting really angry, but like, People complaining over a bad trade will absolutely lead to other people talking trades. Maybe it doesn't lead to another trade, but it, it starts something. And that's all you really can do is throw a spark and hope it catches. Interesting. Yeah, I like that. I think that's um, very interesting because, yeah, it is frustrating when you're in those kind of leagues. And, you know, I love trading. I try and trade a lot, try and be really active in trading. But there are some leagues where you're like – Man, it's tough to get deals done in this league. Mm -hmm. It's like nobody is willing to do a fair deal. E either people want to just completely take advantage of you or not deal at all. Um, and so then you're like, I feel like I have to just take a discount on this player to get a move done. Um, but then again, if you do that too many times, you're in like this negative equity situation, you know, yeah. where you're like, okay, I've got no draft picks left. My roster sucks. I'm middle of the table. I don't have any studs left to trade. Like, you know what I mean? You don't want to be in that situation. So it is, it is really tricky. I think. You know, another question, because obviously we're in the off season now, we're kind of moving towards the draft slowly. It, what's your just, I mean, obviously explain it however you want to, but how do you value rookie picks? Well, before we get to that, but what you were saying before, you know, making bad trade after bad trade, that's also when you have to, it's really funny. Like I, even in my, in the trade we have, I use discord now. So we have like a, a huge trade addicts chat. And then it's, you know, we have the broken down into the smaller league chats. And we were having an argument over trade calculators and I love them. I have always loved them mostly because it's a sanity check for me. Like I send a, I send a trade and someone's like, that's awful. What, what, you know, why would you send me a crap trade? I'm like, I figured you'd be used to it by now, but also it's just like, wait, that, that felt fair. You know, click, 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 click. I'm a lot higher on that guy than everyone else is. Oh, well, I'm going to go offer trades for him in every other league. And while technically, according to a calculator, according to consensus, according to whatever, you're losing this trade, but to you, you're doing great. So 
as opposed to losing trade, losing trade, losing trade, just to get stuff done and get to get what you need at the time if you're competing or whatever, try and find how you could use it to your advantage because there's always a player or two you're going to like more than everyone else. So go get them. You know, it's in the very beginning, that's how I ended up with, you know, Calvin Ridley on so many teams because, you know, he was up next to Julio Jones and it took a few games before he started catching 18 touchdowns a game. And I was able to get a lot of him just because I, I knew I was a fan. I knew I liked him. So just kept reeling them in and you know like it works you know it's risky don't get me wrong because i have made many many bad calls the amount of uh josh dotson's and Corey coleman's i grabbed in 2016 just hurt my soul a bit um but you have to be ready for that it also helps to play in like 20 leagues because if you screw up in the three leagues you still got a couple of others that you're still doing well in to go to your actual question in rookie picks it is very league specific um you have to sort of go along with what the rest of your league thinks. If the league doesn't value draft picks at all, you valuing them at even a normal cost won't get you anywhere. But that also means if you know what you're doing or you listen to people who know what they're doing, like I do, like I, I don't scout, I don't watch tape. I don't, sp I mean, I spreadsheet, but I don't spreadsheet, you know, like, you know, I, I, I let, Peter Howard do my spreadsheets. I let Zachary do my my tape evaluations and I listen to what they say. And if you are good at that and good listening and, you know, you plant your flags, go get those picks that you think you need and you'll be able to get them a little cheaper. And that's how you build your teams. I love draft picks, mostly not to use them, but they are the definition of a trade chip. That's really all they are. You know, you have the ability to like I was saying before, you know, the Broncos, we're probably get, we've screwed up this first round pick trying to get a quarterback. How many times here? Take this and give us Russell Wilson. You know, like, why not go take your first, you know, assuming you listen to Evan, you know, it's going to be the 112 anyway. So go send it for someone that you know is good. You know, like, there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing that either. And honestly, it's safer. I, I love picks because regardless of what league you're in. There's something you can do with it, whether it's sell it because you have people that way overvalue them or buy them because you have people that don't value them nearly enough, especially in years like this where there's a lot of good players coming out. I like that because it's nice to not have a one size fits all approach and thought process oh, because can. like you said, every league is different, you yeah. know, and I like that because it makes a lot of sense to me with picks. So before we move on completely from picks, another question that I had, because mm -hmm. this is something that I always personally am really big about not doing. Uh, I was curious your thoughts on it. So when are you, well, are you okay or when are you okay trading away a player just for picks? Because in my mind, picks are a complete crapshoot, just lottery ticket, you know, and obviously the higher the draft pick, the better your chances in theory. But, you know, like we were talking the other day and um, I think on Twitter, a couple of buddies of mine were kicking around the idea of like, you know, if you're in a startup, would you rather take like the the 12th would you rather be at the end of the round for starting up in the startup and then getting the 101 rookie pick or vice versa would you rather have the 101 starting up with the best pick but then getting like the 112 if you were doing that reverse thing and i was like clearly the 101 in the in the actual startup draft i want to know that i'm getting the best player possible or i can trade back and get a poll for the best player available because yes we're all excited about Bijan robinson but it could blow up in our faces like we don't know we haven't actually seen it yet. that's my take on it but curious what are your thoughts on when will you trade a player just for a pick or for picks so i've got justin jefferson you're giving me three firsts are you taking that you know oh my god you said so many things i need to talk about uh sorry 
No, no, this is great because first of all, never do that. That is that is the wrong way to do. If you want to have a startup and a rookie draft in the same year, put the startup picks in the draft. You just, if you're in myfantasyleague.com, because that's all I know, that's all I play. I play MFL, uh, commissioner, setup, um, edit custom players, and you just create all a custom player for all of the picks. You draft them, and then you just load them up as the next draft order. Um, snake drafts are invented to make every pick equal. It's not perfect, but the reason you get the best player and then the 12th person gets two picks in a row is to try and even them out. So giving that person who just got two players in a row at, out of the top two out of the top 13 players, giving them the 101 is an unfair advantage. Like if anything, you give someone in the middle the 101, but you don't do that. It's either completely random, you randomize the startup, you randomize the rookie, or the right, to me, the, the best way to handle it, there is no right way. You do whatever makes you happy. Um, I don't want to make it, like, I don't league shame. Like, play whatever makes you, you want to play with six teams. I don't care. You want to start 13 players? That's that's a lot of players. But, you know, cool. Just not two tight ends. Two tight ends is wrong. That is bad. Like, just, no. Like, you don't want to play PPR. You don't want to play tight end premium. You don't even want to have to start a tight end. You want to make the extra flex. Good for you. Just go. The, the doing reverse startup for the rookie, it's not doing what you think it's doing. And, and I, I think it's bad process. Whew. Okay. Um, trading players away for picks is different on each player. For someone like Justin Jefferson, you just don't do that. Like, why are you trading away a 24-year-old wide receiver for 23-year-old wide receivers that we would dance in the streets naked if they were one tenth of what Justin Jefferson turned into. Like trading away studs is a very different thing than trading away players, trading away Keaton Allen for a second. Sure. I, I need my team to get younger. That's fine. Um, I think if you're in a more active league, I am more willing to trade just for picks because then you can just turn around and turn that pick into a different player that you want, that you couldn't get a deal done with that player. You know, like you, you have like, what's a Gabe Davis, you know, Christian Watson, these polarizing players that are worth somewhere between the last pick in the first round and the first pick of the second round. So you never know what you're going to get either a first or a second. You find someone willing to give you a first, you take the first because that's, you will have more people interested in first round picks than you will people interested in a specific player. So what you're doing is you're, you're broadening your net. You're adding more teams to your list of phone calls. So it's really only trading studs just for pick is it's scary. It's like, you can literally walk away with zero. You can walk away with Jamar chase Waddle and Devonta Smith too, but it's probably not going to happen. Let's just throw that out there. That, that, that is probably not going to happen. Um, there has been research done and even on the one one is a 50, 50 shot. And once you get past like four, you're in the 20 percentages. It's like 22%. Um, but the one thing you did say, like Bijan might be a miss. Going back, again, not doing this research by myself. It's all stuff I've read, watched, or listened to. We've actually been very good when it comes to top tier running backs. We haven't missed on many. 2018 being a very weird year because there was far too many of them and they shouldn't have been up there in the first place. And if you were one of those crazy people that put Clyde Edwards a layer above Jonathan Taylor, or if you play Superflex, that you put them above Tua and uh, and Burrow, 
I mean, that was on you. That, that was also a super bad process. So like going after Bijan in a startup to me is not the worst thing in the world. It is like, like you said, super risky, but the fun kind, you know, not the one that's that, that like you think your, your league's going to just get destroyed if it doesn't go perfectly. Trading players just for picks is very situational, depending on what direction you want your team to go and what league you're in, if you can flip those picks easily enough. Yeah. I think, and I'm glad you said, you know, you kind of expanded on that a lot. And I really like that because when I first started in Dynasty, the first couple of Dynasty startups that I did was exactly what you just explained was like, we do a snake draft and then whatever pick you got in the startup, you get the opposite pick in the rookie draft. And that was just the way we did it the first couple of times I ever did Dynasty. And so I agree with you hundred percent. I think my favorite way of doing it is to have the option to select a rookie pick, whatever it's the next rookie pick up when it's your yeah. pick in the startup draft. So if you're in the second round, and you're like, I want the 102 instead of the, you know, instead of T Higgins or whatever, that's your choice. I love that. And um, I've also done a couple where you just like say in March or April, whenever you're doing the startup, um, you just include the rookies in with everything. And it's just like, yeah. it's all just a big bag that's of like, fun. take whoever you want, you know, and that's really fun as well. Um, so I agree with that. Love that. Um, and I agree with, I, li I like what you said, because yeah, for me, what I always try and tell people is if like they're trading away a stud, like a known commodity, especially if they are at the height of their powers and stuff, please don't if you can ever help it, don't just trade them away for just picks because even if it's like seems like an awful lot of picks, you know, three or four first round picks or something, it, they could all just end up being, like you said, Sky Moors or something like that. And you're like left with a bunch of sadness um, where you should have had some studs. I always try and say, look, if you can tear down to a player that's either up and coming or that's maybe almost as good, but not quite as good, not as popular and get a pick, that's better than just getting two picks or something like that. But I also like what you said as far as the further down the pecking order you go, the more willing you are to just take that risk and say, sure, give me the second round pick or, you know, give me the third round pick or whatever. Cause you know, I was in a league this last year where I sort of did that with, you know, I had Brian Robinson Jr. And I was struggling. I was near the bottom of the league. I was just like, look, I was like trying to just get as many second round picks as I could because everyone was being super stingy with their first round picks. And I was like, look, Ryan Robinson Jr. and my fourth for your second. You know what I mean? Because I was like, I just needed to get into the, keep getting into the second round. So I got four or five second round picks. And, um, you know, normally I wouldn't want to do that kind of stuff, but with that kind of a player, to me, he's a fine running back. He's okay. He doesn't catch a lot of passes. He's not somebody that I'm seeing as a top 12 or top 20 even necessarily mm -hmm. dynasty running back so i'm fine with like give me a mid early second i'll take another shot and hopefully see if you know get another you know just get a handful of those and hopefully hit on one or two of them um at a much greater level than i would have hit on just holding on to brian robinson jr because uh, rb2 or worse is one of the most easily replaceable positions in dynasty you know you can grab those guys on the waiver wire almost every single year but yeah no i really love that that was really good what about so another one that i had thought of another question is i don't know if this ever happens to you it's definitely happened to me at times where especially in certain leagues for whatever reason you just feel like you get for lack of a better term traders block like you know you get writer's I, block when you're like a writer and you just can't think you're staring at yep. the blank page it's like you get traders block and you just like you can't think of one good trade offer to offer anyone in your league because it just doesn't feel right how do you like have you ever had that yeah. and if you have like what 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 are some things that you do to try and just shake that up and get some stuff moving? How stupid do you want to be when 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 trying to do this? That's the real question. Um, I'm sure you Evan have heard of the outhouse challenge. So for, for <laughs> people listening, first of all, the outhouse challenge will not make your team better. I'm telling you that right now, but it will shake up your roster. Uh, the outhouse challenge is you tell your league that. Every offer for X amount of time, usually it's like a day, a couple of hours, 
any trade offer they send you, you will post as a poll on Twitter, usually for like a four hour poll. If the side you send me wins the poll, I'll accept the trade. Now there's other sub rules you make to make it a little fair, to make it less annoying, because the very first time I did this, I did it for all of my leagues and set no boundaries. I was exhausted by the end of the like it was legitimately tiring. My body hurt because of the stress of just like, oh my god, I gotta, oh my god, I gotta do this one. Oh my god, wait, no, I can't accept that one because I accepted that one. So this one's cut. Like, there's a lot that goes into it, but it is fun? <laughs> Question mark. But that is, that is first, it will absolutely shake up your roster enough where it puts you in a little bit of a hole to build yourself out of. If you're someone like me, taking over an open team is so much more fun than doing a startup because you walk into someone else's room and be like, all right, now I need to decorate this to make it mine. So you get to walk in and know that there's going to be moves you're going to be make, that you're going to make. In a startup, most chances of your picks are going to be players you want on your team. Every once in a while, you're like, all right, there's no one I want here, so let me pick the most valuable person and I'll try and trade them away later. But you, like, you sort of know what you're doing. So that is one way to absolutely shake up your roster without even needing to try. Remind everyone that the point is for Twitter to choose your sides, to not send absolute crap, which people still will send, but that will absolutely shake your shake yourself up. Um, don't underestimate just updating your trade bait. Like, I, I love using the trade bait. I know a lot of people hate it. Putting someone on trade bait does not mean you're going to sell them cheap. You're just letting people know, uh, send me offers for these if you feel like it. Like, these are these are players that I think will help other teams. Or And you can put, at least again on MFL, because it's all I know, what are you looking for? You know, so, all right, I'm going to put up all these running backs and be like, look, you know, it's the non-point scoring season, and that's where running backs are popular. But throw me some young wide receivers and see if we can get something done. You know, put it on put it on other people if you can't make the choice yourself. Or we go back to what we were talking about in the beginning, where find a player you like, just go set a trade for him. That probably feels a little too strong, because one move, like I said before, will spark other moves. Probably also for you. You're like, okay, all right, hole in the dam, some some trade water is flowing you know okay now i did that and that got me like four years younger at wide receiver can i get even younger now can i get some picks in this also am i rebuilding my team now you know like it, it just gets you going like the smallest of little moves sending a third for a guy you like you know whatever it is you do something silly and that'll move it forward or again you just join another league so you can go trade another piece <laughs> <laughs> so another question then is kind of tied to that one because i was thinking obviously just wanting to pick your brain as much as possible on your kind of habits what you've learned over the years what works for you and what doesn't like how do you go out of your way to start a trade negotiation do you just send a blind offer do you drop in someone's dms do you put it in the group chat that you're going to be sending offers like what are your what's your go-to move um that you find you tend to get the most success with all of the above again this is everything this is something that is very very specific to the person um if you listen to um leo basiga and you know i call him his disciple zach reed they literally keep notebooks filled with information on the people they play with you know a trade that seems out of whack they'll write it down like okay so this guy really likes this player or okay in the off season, this is what they do. When the season starts up, this is what they do. Oh, okay, this is how this person likes to make trades because it's really funny. Like, I am on the again. I 
I do so many shows, I can't remember what I do. Dynasty Wall Street, it's me, John Bosch, and Kane Fissell. And part of the fun of that show is the three of us are so different. And But the one thing two of them have against me is I love talking trades. As you can tell by the 16 shows I'm on and what I'm doing right now, they don't want to talk about it. You send them an offer, they accept it or reject it. If they counter, they counter. If not, no thanks. That's it. So like, I know better than to jump into their DMs and be like, okay, give me this player, which I do with so many. Because, you know, you hope retention for year to year is high. So, you you know, you're playing with the same people and over and over again. So they're my friends at this point. So, and especially Rocky, who is my co-host on Trade Addicts, is in all of the Trade Addicts leagues. So I literally just text him, Rocky, TA2, give me this player. And then he'll go look to see what offer, like what we could put together. Like you have to do it very differently with very different people. And there's no shame in doing all of them at once. Update your trade bait, throw it in the league chat. I want to get rid of this guy. Send me some offers. Sliding into someone's DMs. You're like, okay, yeah, I put it in the group chat, but you know, I know you like this guy. Or there's really nothing wrong with just cold offers. I do it all the time when I'm bored. You know, like today, I know it's later in your your questions, but like, I want to get all the Devonta Smith on my team and I want to do it now before the Super Bowl, just in case he goes even further than how great he's been doing for the past three months. You know, so like today I just went and sent a bunch of offers and because I, I traded away a share of T Higgins and it hurt my soul. So I just went into every single league where I don't have him and sent an offer for T Higgins. Most of them were bad because sometimes it just didn't fit my team, but I wanted to do it anyway. Also don't be scared to send bad offers. I do it all the time. Um, so like there's unfortunately no again there's no one way you have to know who you're dealing with and that's how you deal with them when online poker started to get oversaturated and started to shut down all over the place a lot of them came over to fantasy football because you're not playing the game you're playing against the other people in your league and part of that psychology of knowing your player is huge and then there's idiots like me that just don't pay attention long term because you're in too many leagues and you just like to have fun and you just go Wee! pressing buttons and it doesn't necessarily even matter. So like, again, there's no right way to play. There's no right way to do trades. There's no right way to do anything. Find what works. Find what is the most fun for you and then surround yourself with the people that also find that the most fun. Yeah. And I really like that you seem to really have got, because one thing I find a lot of us people, especially people that get really into dynasty or content creation can start taking it way too seriously, you know, and it's like, you know, getting angry about trade offers or getting angry about, you know, this guy, you know, missed the deadline and left this guy in his lineup who's injured. And, you know, this league is a sham and all, you know, it's like people getting way too serious over a game. Um, but at the same time, like I get it, like I'm competitive. I like to win. I want to, you know, have the championship. I want to have the bragging rights. I want to win the money. How do you balance or do you balance the desire just to have fun? Like you said, it's fun to make trades. It's fun whether you win or lose, if you like the player, but also balance that with the idea of like, ultimately I do want to win. I do want to, create a dynasty here if possible i would love to win you know the championship and get the bragging rights and win the money um it was really really funny um back in the early 2000s we're talking like 20 years ago at this point it was crazy that i used to be in three leagues it's just like three leagues how do you pay attention to that and, and then at one point i was in 40 something and everyone would always say and now i'm only in 20 
no, 18. I running leagues is a lot of work. So I shut down two of them. Um, and everyone would ask, how are you in so many leagues? And I'm like, honestly, the weird answer is to be in more leagues, you need to be less competitive because you can't watch scores when you're in that many leagues. Well, I need Keenan Allen to score 13 points, but can't score more than, than 14. And, um, Wait, no, because I'm playing against him in six leagues and I'm playing him in four. Like, you can't do it anymore. So I love it because I sit back, I watch football, I enjoy watching good football. And then seriously, like Monday morning, I check my scores. Like, I don't look at my scores at all on Sunday, you know, or game day, let me just say. Like, I'll check my scores Friday morning, you know, after the Thursday night game, I'll check them Monday morning and then I'll check them Tuesday morning. Like, it's honestly, like, not 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 caring is the wrong phrase but like not being so competitive about it is a real big part of getting you know this expanded into it and as you talk about keeping it fun that's all i've ever done this for like i'm good at it i've won last year not the one that just happened the year before was literally the first year of fantasy football where i didn't win a league it was like soul crushing and it was just like such a crappy year for me like all of my teams just like because you know, unfortunately, all my teams are similar. Because I, I like a lot of the same players, and very rarely are like, let me do something different. Um, so, like, my teams just kept crapping out along the way, and I'm just like, oh, this sucks. No, this sucks. No, this sucks. So, yeah, if I wanted to play this for money, I probably could and do okay at it. But I don't want to. This is a game. This is supposed to be fun. And I want to read you what I sent to people. Trade addicts leagues, by the way, um, are, are random, whoever gets into them. These leagues are for fun. If your answer is winning is fun, then these aren't the leagues for you. They are purposely lower stakes, so you'll be more willing to take some risks and make some moves you might not normally do in other leagues. We run a very strict don't be a dick policy. Obviously, trash talking is completely allowed and encouraged, but we all know where the line is, so please don't cross it. Everyone sends bad offers, so just don't be a jerk about it. That That's why i play i mean i get the 42 dollars isn't low stakes for a lot of people but also it's only that high because we donate to charity um like usually it would probably only be like 30 bucks if we didn't do that but the second it clicked in my brain that that's something we can do thank you scott fish like i was like okay no we're definitely doing this plus 42 is the ultimate answer to life the universe and everything so i just rolled with it um so like yeah like that that's the point of this to me this is a game this is fun and honestly the same thing came with content creation i don't know why i started my podcast i literally like I, it was never something i sat like i set out to do it's just like one day and i'm like i think i could do that that sounds like fun and from the very beginning i always said i don't care about listeners i'm doing this for fun because it seems like fun it was fun and the second it's not fun i'm just going to stop doing it and i'm still at that point where i will I'm absolutely there where if this ever stopped being fun, I could just sort of stop uh, for a couple of years in the beginning. It did not get that way. And I was way too obsessed with it. And my wife got super mad at me for like two years. Um, but, you know, I found a happy mediums, the wrong phrase, because she's still not thrilled with it. But, you know, it's enough that she doesn't get mad at me anymore. And I still have fun. And again, if, if the second like I started caring about listenership, the second I started caring about you know, hearing what people said about me, like that, that's not healthy, <laughs> you know, that that's not good. And you shouldn't go deeper if that's what you're going for. 
And since I am at least still, well, fantasy football wise, 20 something like 20 years into playing and content creation, like I started, I started trade addicts almost five years ago. That feels like forever. Like I'm still there for that. So like, like if it ever got to something else other than that, like it would lose its purpose and that sounds crappy. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, no, I, I love, um, you know, cause I always think, you know, one of the things I always think back about is, I, I don't know if you've ever watched or if you enjoy the show, the league, oh, of course, um, you know, and it's like, that is sort of in my mind, like that is the pinnacle of fantasy football is like having people that you hate losing to, but it's because it's like, your friends and it's like your personal pride and your, you know, your trash talk. And like, that's what's so great about it. It's not because, you know, you, you had the perfect spreadsheet that did the perfect, whatever it's because, you know, you can't, you don't want to lose to taco. You know what I mean? Like you can't possibly, you know, it's, I love that. And so I love the spirit of that. And I love your, your take on it because I am competitive. Like I like to win. I want to be the best, but at the same time, I love just talking trash and having fun and having a laugh. And I try not to take myself too seriously. I think, you know, last couple of questions for me that I, that I thought of, you know, one was, and I think you've kind of answered this. So maybe just confirm that I heard the answer clearly. I was going to say, do you have a certain portfolio, shall we say, a shopping list of players that you're like, I want T Higgins, I want DJ Moore, and I want Justin Herbert on all my teams, and you go out and try and get them on all your teams? Or is it very much league specific? You're like, oh, uh, I need a wide receiver. Any of these seven guys will do. Oh, I need a tight end. Any of these four guys will do. Um, Well, real quick, because you said something I was going to get to eventually anyway, Um, always because I'm terrified of saying things that will get people mad at me. Playing, if you want to play this for money, more power to you. Like, but there's places for that, and that's just not my leagues, and that's cool. And you like, you use the word portfolio because there are absolutely players who play that way that play in 50 plus leagues and they treat it like that, where, okay, uh oh, I have too much of this guy. I need to diversify. Uh, and, you know, like that, that's a thing. More, again, more power to you. Play the way you want to play. It's just that that's not mine. Um, and I said it before a little bit where it's like, you know, my teams last year started crashing because a lot of them have a lot of similar players on it. I'm in too many leagues to like, I have one player that's 50% owned and that's Diami Brown, <laughs> you know, someone that doesn't matter in lineups anyway. So yes, like I said before, I traded away T Higgins. So I literally went through every single league where I don't have him and tried to trade for him. I'm going through every single league where I don't have Brees Hall and Devonta Smith and at least once a week sending an offer for them. Usually they won't happen, you know, like, because I'm not alone in liking them. The team that has them likes them more. It's really hard to trade for Brees Hall right now because you don't want to pay too much for him because he's a hurt running back, but also he's a hurt running back, so I don't want to pay too much for him, especially in February. You know, So even if you want one player on every single one of your teams, it's super hard to get that to happen. So I'm not against it. If I could have T. Higgins on every single one of my team, I would be thrilled until he got hurt, in which case I'd be really sad for many reasons. But I don't think it's something you need to avoid as long as you're playing again, like I do, and you're playing just for fun. If you're playing for money, if you're playing portfolio wise, 100% real bad thing. Like you do not want anybody on 100% of your teams, no matter how good they are, because the second they get hurt, you're screwed. Yeah, I was going to say, because I know a lot of people who are really into best ball, they talk a lot about that kind of portfolio management, you know, where they're like, they try and get only a certain exposure to each player. And then that way they're not tanked if that player goes down or something. So much work. (laughs) 
Absolutely. No, I mean, look, obviously we've talked a long time. I don't want to keep you all night. I could talk all day about trades, but is there anything like anything that you wanted to share or anything that maybe as we've talked, it sparked in your mind where you're like, this is one, you know, if there, if, if someone's going to write down one thing and try and do it, you know, this is what I would want that we haven't already talked about yeah. for trading. Like, you know, this, you've got to try this or you need to always do this or definitely don't do this or whatever it is. None of that. If you want to go do something, go do something. If you want to go get a player and overpay to get them, I do it a lot. What I really wanted to drive out there is because something you said from the very beginning, I've been waiting for a way to work this in. And I assumed that anything, I'd just be screaming it at, over your closing music and just, you know, um, everybody <laughs> makes bad trades. I do it constantly. I, I mean, I send a lot of bad trades, but I also make plenty of trades that don't work out. And don't let that scare you. The only way to fix a bad trade is to make another trade. Uh, I have friends that are unfortunately like what you said before. They make a bad trade and then they just shut down, right? Well, I'm not trading again because I lost that one. But then you lost and now you, you're not going to get better. Like to me, in Dynasty, building, not trading is handicapping yourself because most likely everyone else in your league is doing it. And even if you are very, very good at rookie evaluation, you're only getting one pick in the first. You're not getting multiple. Like if you're someone like Zach Reed who builds through the draft, he doesn't necessarily make trades to increase his team that much, but he'll pick a draft class, get a bunch of firsts, and he knows who he's going to take. And then, of course, destroys the league for the next three years because he just drafted all the right rookies, and I hate him and love him for it hate him because when I'm in the league with him, I'm screwed, but then I do it on the leagues I'm not in with him and it's great. Um, but don't be afraid to just keep going. You know, you're going to make bad trades. It's going to happen. Things are not going to work out for you. It's going to happen. But the only way to fix a bad trade is to make another. The only way to make another good trade is to make another trade. Use whatever tool is in front of you. Find a free trade trade calculator. Don't keep, don't use it as a Bible, but get an idea of talk to a person, find out what players they like. Okay, well, they sound like this, and this is what this calculator thinks this person is worth. I have them on my team, and I'm not as high on them, so I could probably get more than what I think I should. Very cool. Like, don't be afraid to do that. Don't be afraid to post polls on Twitter. Don't be afraid. At Dynasty Outhouse, DM me. I talk to so many people every single day about trade stuff, and it's so funny because everyone's like, sorry to bug you with this. I'm like, if you were bugging me, I just wouldn't answer you. Like, I have that option. Like, you know, I'm not being paid by Twitter to answer random people about trade questions. I, I answer because I want to. I answer because I love talking about this stuff. Also noted by the fact that I have like five or six podcasts or YouTube shows altogether. Like, I, you know, talk to people, even if you don't know who they are, you'd be surprised at how many people with a very large follower account are just normal people. Like, I literally laugh when I see how many followers I have because, you know, Evan talked about imposter syndrome. I, I'm nobody special. I'm just a dude that's been doing this for a long time. Like, I'm just, I'm here and I got to where I am because like he said, it's just relatable, you know, everyday person who just geeks out over dynasty trades. So absolutely just start talking to people and use everything in your power to try and get better at it. Listen to shows, listen to Evan. If you feel like listening to me, cool. Keep going. There's like stopping doesn't get doesn't get you anywhere. It's not going to help you win if winning's your goal. It's not going to have. It's not going to be fun if goal, fun is your goal. So it's just sad. 
You don't want to be sad when you're playing fantasy football. That's that's the opposite of the point. (laughs) I did think while you were talking, I did actually think of another question. I'm sorry. This is going on forever, but. Oh, no. I legitimately do. I keep checking my phone to see if my boss is yelling at me and she hasn't yet. So I am super down to keep going. Nice. This is like, um, so this will be the last one, I promise. But this is a really like interesting, just theoretical question that I like to think about. So I'm going to ask you because, so, so one thing that I like to do, I love to do is like in a startup or once the league's been going for a while, you're sort of what I call like trading from a position of strength, shall we say? So you're like, as in, I've got eight wide receivers. They're all good wide receivers. I don't need eight wide receivers. I'm going to trade some of my excess wide receivers to get a couple running backs or to get another quarterback or whatever it may be. Cause I'm, so I'm trading from a position of strength, but what do you do? Like, how do you tackle, like, say you take over an orphan or maybe whatever, for, for whatever reason you've done these trades. And now you're sitting with a team that is kind of okay in every area, but it's not really great in any area. Like how would you start to tackle that? Because now you say, say you've got, uh, you've got two good receivers, and one good tight end and two good quarterbacks, but it's a super flex league, you know, so you don't have any depth anywhere. So if you're trading away one of your good receivers to get a good running back, you're now don't have good receivers because you've only got one. Do you know what I mean? So you're sort oh, of yeah. feel like you're robbing Peter to pay Paul in any scenario there. Like, how do you, what would be your mindset and your tackling of like, how am I going to go about actually strengthening this, this entire roster? Are you sure you don't want to do a back-to-back podcast? Cause you're, you're setting me up to talk for another half hour. Um, Okay, I'll try and do this as quickly as possible. Um, first part of this, it is February. You are not strong or weak at any position because you do not need to set or start a lineup for seven months. So don't even think about it. Your only goal in the non-point scoring season, again, I don't call it off-season. I call it non-point scoring season because you're still making trades, but points don't matter. <laughs> you know, All you're trying to do right now is raise the value of your roster because when you get closer to the season – you will then use that raised value to trade for players that you will need because you will be setting lineups. So right now, you're not like I have people DMing me. I'm weak at wide receiver two. What? No, no, you're not. You're not. There's there's no wide receiver two right now because you don't. You're not setting a lineup ever, like for forever. So no, don't even worry about that whatsoever. Um, but also, the important thing is. First of all, I mean, I just love being stacked at wide receiver. It's how I build my teams. But the most important thing you need to remember is just because your wide receiver four would be a wide receiver two on most teams doesn't mean you sell them for wide receiver four prices. The pers- the player's co- um, value on your team means nothing when you're trading them away. It is the value on their team that matters. So you just don't sell wide receivers cheap because you have six and you want to go get a running back because you don't have any keep your values player it keep your players value in mind that is that's what's important but again don't do that now because you don't need anything if your wide receivers are more valuable just hold on to them until someone comes running i love it yeah no like i said sorry it's this is the problem you see is like you get two people who love talking about trade oh, yeah. and then it just escalates and it could end up being a 6 hour podcast so having said that very quickly here just to tie a bow on it um are there any players right now just one or two players even that you're like hey these are a couple dudes i am targeting this off season i'm going to try my best to acquire shares of X and Y. I think you've mentioned Devonta Smith already and Brees Hall. Are those your two dudes or do you have any others? Those are the two main ones. I keep seeing trades for Najee Harris get lower and lower. So I think I'm going to start trying to get one or two of him because 
that offense can't get worse. It was really, 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 really bad. Um, all they need is one better offensive lineman for that offense to get a little better. And even towards the end of the season, Najee was doing well for fantasy. And that's all that really matters to us. Like he started, like he was scoring seven, eight points a, a week. And then all of a sudden he was putting like 13 to 15. And it's just like, okay, maybe they're finding a groove. Maybe I don't have much faith in Kenny Pickett, but it doesn't really matter. Because if the offense is moving a little bit, it's going to start turning through Najee because that's the way the Steelers have always played. So I, if he keeps going down, I think that's a really good play. And again, it's really weird that I'm saying a lot of running backs. Like I really like what I've seen out of Isaiah Pacheco. Like I kind of hope he has a bad Super Bowl so people start souring on him a little bit, but that dude's a beast. And I did not see that coming. And if you play in leagues that give you points for return yardage, he's pretty good at returning. So you'll get a little bit of a boost on that as well. And no, like right now, it's really, again, I love the non-point scoring season because literally all value is made up. There is no reason for anyone to really have value right now because nothing's happening. So find players that you like more than everyone else does and try for that because you'll get good values on them or just go after the players you want and pay for them. Who cares? Again, game, happy. That's the point. You know, you, no one's really watching this, but I have a gigantic um, poster with a signed jersey of T Higgins behind me that is sitting on the floor because I've been far too lazy to hang it back up after I rearranged my basement. I try and get T Higgins in every single one of my teams and everyone knows that. So I do not get to pay fair prices for T Higgins, but I'm still willing to do it because I want T Higgins on my team because it makes me happy to see it. So again, do what makes you happy. That's the whole point of this. Russ, you've said it all. You've done it all. You've been an amazing guest. As always, you have exceeded my lofty expectations. Guys, if you don't, I can't imagine why you would not. But if you don't and you have a Twitter, go follow Russ at Dynasty Outhouse. Go check out all of his awesome shows, Trade Addicts Pod. You can listen to Trade Talk all the time. What's not to love? He is the DLF podcast director. He is the director of Dynasty Deals. Russ, is there anything else you want to plug? Anything else you want to shout out here before we go, buddy? Just want to remind everyone about fantasycares.org slash donate. Every whenever you're like, oh man, I have like the six bucks sitting in my account that I don't know what to do with. Just go give it to Fantasy Cares, give it, which goes to Toys for Tots, which if you don't know what to do with that $6, it will buy a wonderful present for a kid for the holidays that wouldn't be able to get one otherwise. So fantasycares.org. Also, fantasycares.org on just about every single social media platform. We're trying to get that going. So throw that a follow wherever you find it. And that's it. And I am so happy you remembered to annoy me to come on the show because I was telling you before, like, I just, you talk to me, you're like, Hey Russ, you should come on the show. I'm like, I should come on the show. And then like I sneeze and I forgot I was ever talking to you because my brain isn't normal. So I'm so glad that you're just like, Russ, come on the show. Yes. Yes, I will. So I am so happy you got me on here because I love talking to you. Thank you very much, buddy. I appreciate it. And I'm sure everyone listening appreciates it as well. Guys, thanks for sticking with us. Hopefully it gave you some good ideas, people to trade for, ways to trade. Just get out there and just do some trades. Have fun. Enjoy it. It's a game. Have a good time. And we will speak to you again soon. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver ran, it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a Dynasty debate.